0: We're about to do. I a did show. a great. I did a great beard trim yesterday morning, so I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of looking that's at looking it in the good. camera right now. It was it's pretty. It was pretty good. I looked. I looked very, very, very scraggly and homeless pre-shave or pre-trim. So it is. I was pretty proud of it. Both man, Luke and I, a ooh,
1: Both Luke and I's facial hair is looking real good today. So if you're listening mm-hmm. to the audio-only version of the podcast, go check yeah. us out on YouTube. Uh, yeah. Because we please we're, do. We're feeling ourselves. We we think we look pretty good.
0: I like the rant. Ranting is fun, but also makes it cleanses the soul. Uh, Detroit
1: is to be one of the best sports cities in the country, if not the best. Sh- surely, Javi can't be as bad this year as he
0: was last year. Sh-
1: surely, that can't be the case.
0: One of the worst offenses, if not the worst offense, like in the modern era of baseball, just absolutely atrocious. He is a piece of the puzzle. He is not the entire puzzle. Right. He's a puzzle piece, but he is not the entire puzzle.
1: This is the Michigan and Trumbull podcast with your hosts, Alex S. Freeman and Luke Giaconis. Hello and welcome to the Michigan and Trumbull podcast. I'm Alex Freeman, joined as always by the the beautiful Luke Giaconis. Luke, uh, how you doing?
0: Good. Pretty good, pretty good, uh, pretty good day. Uh, pretty good time to be a Tiger fan right now. I'm sure we're going to yeah. get into that in just a moment. But uh, overall, in personal life, life is good. Work is good. And it's, I'd say the weather's changing, but I live in Florida, so literally year round we have nice weather. So to my friends up north in the Midwest, Alex, you guys in New York, I'm sure that weather's really starting to get to that pristine summertime condition, and I'm happy for you. And I can't wait to experience it myself next this time next week. It's, uh, we'll, it's, I guess this episode will drop on Monday. We're recording on a Saturday. A week from today while we're recording, I will be in the Big Apple for the first time ever with you.
1: Yeah, it's getting there. The weather is getting there. Um, we have had some 80 degree days, um, but yeah. this this weekend, this week have been a little bit chillier, maybe low 60s, looking ahead to the... The weekend when you're here, Luke, we're looking at like 70s uh, in there. Okay. And uh, my warning to you: New York 70 is a little chilly because you end up outside okay. a lot right. of time because you're walking to places or you're mm-hmm. waiting to get into a place because people places don't have big lobbies. Okay, so you end up waiting outside. Um, so just be prepared for that. All I've right. got I've got sweatshirts if you need to borrow them. Oh, okay. good.
0: come here. I think I will. Yes, I, I think I'll bring I I you know what forget talking about the title. let's just talk about what I'm gonna pack for starters jeans khakis shorts a nice a nice button up if you will going to the theater a couple nights gotta look snazzy uh, this is, uh, yeah this correct. is also
1: uh this is a late breaking news uh, just got a text from my wife uh, who said 70 in New York is chilly for Luke because he's a weak Floridian.
0: Okay. You know what? <laughs> for someone who has been clamoring for years to come visit her in a city I've never been, that's not the exact red carpet service you would want to give to a guest who is finally coming to visit oh, no, no. It your feels state. Like,
1: it feels like a New York welcome.
0: Uh... Yeah. And I, I only can expect that your wife, the lovely Holland, will make fun of me for being a thin-blooded Floridian and then mug me. Give me the real New York welcome. So I'm excited. Um.
1: Yeah, it'll be great. It will be great. Um, Wonderful. I just, got, I just got distracted by a different text. No, um, that's okay. So are you guys my, both
0: planning on mugging me? Is this is this the group? You guys, going to beat uh, the crap out of me and steal my wallet?
1: This is awkward. That this is how you're finding out, Luke. Um, no, but I'm, I am excited because you are gonna you're gonna experience Yankee Stadium for the first time. So yes. we will have a stadium mm-hmm. review in a future episode. It'll be a great time uh, for us to to dive into that. Um, but yeah, let's, let's timestamp the show here. So it is Saturday mm-hmm. morning as we're recording, um, the Tigers won last night, uh, which puts them, uh, two, two, two games below 500, uh, 22.
0: Two, yeah. People, two, two games below, they just, they're 20 and 22 and two and a half out of first place, uh, twins, Cleveland and Kansas city lost last night. Only the Tigers and the White Sox won in the AL central. So, it, you know, That's uh, it's nice, a nice spot yeah. to be it. Let's not bury the lead here, and I know I tweeted it out a couple days ago, but now is the time. Now is the time. And we, and we talked about this on the last episode we did. I'm sure we'll recap what, what's gone on since our last episode, but now is the time. Um, if, if the Tigers want to even keep some level of interest for this fan base going into the summer, the summer months, now is the time. Now are the games that you must win. Uh, It's not a thing of like, well, you know, if we can hopefully take two or three from Washington or, you know, maybe split a series with the White Sox at the end of the month. No, no, no. You need to be winning these series. Uh, The Nationals suck. The Royals suck. The White Sox suck. Uh, You have a better record than all three of those teams. And I truly believe that on paper, maybe minus the White Sox a little bit, although they're pretty just banged up and abysmal this season, that the Tigers, at least on paper, are for sure better than the Nationals, for sure better than the Royals. And I would even say right now, even where we're at this point in season, seven to eight weeks in, they're better than the White Sox. Mm -hmm. you got to win these games. You have to win these games. Uh, You had a really tough month of April. On paper, you had a tough month of May, but they've really answered and responded to those matchups quite well. Now reward yourself by playing some teams that are essentially less than you and that are worse than you. And uh, you could really put yourself in a nice little position heading into June. Um, Can I look at the schedule now just for what it's worth? Uh, They will finish the month off against the Rangers and they're pretty solid. Then they're back against, then they're on the road against the white Sox in June on the road against the Phillies in June, you know, Phillies went to the world series last year. You know, I know they're kind of, they're hit a little hot and cold hit and miss, but you know, there's still the Phillies, but then June again, Tough schedule to picks up. You get Arizona, Atlanta, Minnesota, Royals. They suck. Minnesota, Texas, and then close out one game in Colorado. So June is a considerably tougher month of competition than their May schedule that they're getting these next few weeks. So you got to strike all the irons hot. Get it done.
1: Yeah, and and you know for for what it's worth, at the moment, uh, in kind of that upcoming slate of of teams that they're facing, you know the Rangers uh have a winning record. The Phillies do not currently. They're currently four games below five hundred. Um not that they're not that I think that they're better than their record. The Diamondbacks mm-hmm. have uh a winning record, and then obviously uh-huh. the, the the twins and the and the Braves there as well. Um but important to to note that like if you can There is a scenario where we go into that series with the twins. The first time we face the twins this season Uh that we're, we're that's truly a four game battle for first place. Um, yeah, that, that, and I, if you had said that that was even remotely a possibility to me in April, I would have said, you're, you're literally insane. That's not, uh, that's not going to
0: happen. You're losing it. Uh, even um,
1: as optimistic as we can get at times, and if you listen to the season prediction episode, even as optimistic as I was in that episode, uh, the, winning the central was not a thing that I thought we would we would even be a conversation about right now.
0: Well, thus far, my pregame, uh, my preseason game plan of going in with such low expectations, I can only help but be. Pleasantly surprised that's the only option, has worked out for me. So good job. I finally, after 28 years of being a baseball fan and a Tigers fan, uh finally figured out the key to success. That's uh, <laughs> so you don't have every season in heartbreak. Uh the one thing I will say this about the Tigers, I, I agree with you. I, I get what you're saying, with like we could be I definitely think you're gonna be battling for first place if they keep playing like this um doom with the twins. The Tigers, though, I don't think at any point this season, unless things go a complete opposite direction are ever going to be a runaway team. I just don't think the AL central is right now. I mean, if you get really, really, really hot, you can be a runaway team. I just don't see any of the players in the AL central being that type of kid. We don't have a Tampa Bay Rays or right. a LA Dodgers or, you know, uh, a, an Atlanta Braves kind of juggernaut of a team. Everyone is just very, very, very mediocre to bad. Um, yeah. you know, and the twins, I know the twins right now that the, this is typical Minnesota twins baseball. I know they're in first place and I think their record is 24 and 21. So they're going to, they're going to hover around 500 for most of the season then they'll get a little bit hot, you know, at some point, and, you know, instead of maybe being two or three over, they'll push that to eight, nine, ten games over. And even if they do end up winning the AL central, we all know they're going to get bounced in the first round of the playoffs. So it doesn't even, it doesn't even really matter. That's why it's, it's just nice to see the Tigers in the conversation because this yeah. time last year, we were like, are you kidding me? Are you absolutely kidding me? And then to be fair, and I'm giving credit to AJ, and I know I've been kind of critical of him lately and just his teams overall since he's come to Detroit. It wasn't until about this time in 2021 where they kind of started turning that switch on because you got to remember those first two months, they got off to those abysmal starts um for for the respective seasons of 21 and 22 and it was after the Turnbull no-hitter in 21 where the team kind of finally started to come alive I believe they swept Seattle when they're out on the west coast and then from there they got their momentum we're about at that same time last year I think I just saw memory the Turnbull no-hitter was about two years ago and we're already at a competitive spot not having to play catch-up so to speak so that is a that is a that's a big improvement that's a big improvement from 21 the team is enormously improved, I would say, in certain aspects from 2022, especially offensively. Um, so it, definitely encouraging things happening. I still don't think this is a runaway team. I think they're going to struggle from time to time. I think even in the win to the Nationals that they had last night, you saw where this team struggles. They have mm-hmm. some some middle relief issues. They still don't have some of those um, lights-out middle relievers I would like them to have. I think Chase and Shreve. Definitely has been a pleasant surprise. And let's just talk about the back end of the bullpen while we're here for a moment. What Jason Foley, and in particular, Alex Lang are doing, are Mm -hmm. absolutely incredible. Um, Alex Lang, I think you can make an argument, and I'm not just saying this from a biased standpoint, the numbers back it up. He, you can make an argument, I think is a top three, if not the best closer in baseball right now. Right now. I know know, that could always change, but the way he's pitching right now, with that combination of that curveball, the fastball, the one-two punch, I mean, it's just he... I feel very, very, very confident if you give a lead to Foley and Lang in the eighth and the ninth, good things are going to happen.
1: Yeah, I I would agree with that. Now, Luke, I, I have to I'm gonna ask you this before we kind of continue into this conversation. Was that your rant or or do you have a rant we we will get to?
0: Um, I have I just it's a rant. It's a rant and again, catching me at a time where the Tigers are playing pretty good baseball. So I'm not too I will say this. That Pirates, that last game of the Pirates series, what the hell happened? Yeah, if we yes. would record on a Wednesday, I think I would have thrown my laptop out a window. I don't know what happened there. I do have a bit of a rant though, and think I just a PSA. I would like to say it's not, it's not, it's not even had to do with the Tigers. It's actually got to do with a team I'm going to watch very soon. Um, I want you, I'd love you, to get want your, your thoughts you want on your them. music. You want your intro music? Give me the music. Give me the music. Come on, let's go. I can have some good like graphics and like that. Otherwise I'll just keep air punching my laptop. That's next season. Alex, actually, (laughs) uh, I have to ask, you know, this is, I feel like you have maybe some explaining to you a little bit, because you have gone on record saying they are your local team. Uh, Your local team's a bunch of cheaters. So how are you going to respond to that? They cheat substance, substance, foreign substances on the hands. You got Aaron judge playing the looky Lou in Toronto. I think it was Toronto or Seattle, whenever, wherever it was. You got the guy the other night getting tossed out. They had just the guy last night in the Yankee game that got, had to go wash his hands because something was dripping off his glove. It's like three or four like cheating controversies in the last week for the New York Yankees. And what's going on?
1: Now if you're not cheating, you're not trying to win, right? Ah, a, right. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I don't really have a defense. Um, I think that baseball is one of those weird, weird sports where there is like a certain level of cheating that everyone is doing. Um, some teams then push it a little bit too far, a la the Houston Astros, the Boston Red Sox, the New York baseball Yankees. Um, uh-huh. You know, uh, and and then it, it comes to bite you. And I think that, yeah, it it sort of, outlines exactly who the Yankees are as an organization, right? Like if we can't, if we can't just outright buy it, we'll go steal it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so far under, under Aaron Boone, they have not been able to buy one. And so now, now maybe we got to go try and do some of these other things.
0: Um, well, it's just, it's just so fascinating because literally I get it. These things happen kind of periodically throughout the season when there's a little controversy, someone gets tossed, blah, blah, blah. You know, the Max Scherzer thing a couple weeks ago, but the Yankees have had like three question marks in like the last four games. They had the Aaron Judge kind of doing the, uh, you know, wandering eyes in Toronto. And then Domingo Herman gets thrown out for having the substance. edges. He got the 10 game suspension. He will not appeal. And then last night against the Reds, the guy didn't get tossed. Uh, the Reds manager ended up getting tossed. I think David Bell. Uh, and. He had I guess something was dripping from his glove, they were saying they made him go wash his hands mid game. Like it's not a good like from a PR standpoint, it's not a good look yeah. when um with three times within like seventy-two hours or however many you know, four days, however many it's been, that there's been some eyes looking at you as if there's not enough pressure already being the Yankees. You're not giving yourself a lot of uh a lot of good press, so to speak.
1: And I think like I think like the the judge thing is overblown. Um, I like, do agree with that. Yeah, Aaron Aaron Judge is a fantastic hitter, mm-hmm. and will mash a ball re- regardless of if he actually knows mm-hmm. what pitch is coming. Um, and that that like, I don't know that we've seen it in any other situation yet from Judge. Like, I'm sure I'm sure people have been pouring over the tapes to see if they can find Judge doing that same thing again. Weird yeah. that it happened twice in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, probably the Yankees too have
0: never, uh, you kind of said, you know, some t- sometimes they can't buy it, they'll they'll steal it. They've been blatant in the past. The first one that comes to mind, this was like this was when he was like a rookie and he was a former Tiger last year, Michael Pineda. He had the infamous, uh, on his neck. I want to say they weren't, well, they, maybe they were in Boston, and he had, I think it was like the start before, um, he had. They had like seen something on his hand or something along those lines in his prior start. And he got away with it. And then he was dumb enough to try it again in his next start, I believe. And it was on his neck, I remember. And they tossed him. And it was like so blatant. So it's like it's almost like it it's almost like um when you're when you're the rich the rich guy, the rich kid in school. Your parents will just buy everything. That's what the Yankees remind me yeah. of. And it's like, well, even if I get caught, like, I'm going to like, you know, my parents aren't going to care. I'm still going to get to go a, like. Pay a fine. It's fine. Yeah, they'll pay a fine. We don't care. We don't yeah. care. Whereas if that happened to the Oakland A's, they'd probably have to, you know, sell half of their stadium.
1: Yeah. They, they, which, I mean, they could. And no one's, no one's
0: using it. So. One cheating fine for the A's, and they go bankrupt. That it's says, over. Shut it down. It's over. They, they turn that thing into a spirit Halloween. That's actually my go-to karaoke song. I don't know if I've ever told you that. Oh, I knew I'd it. Get on the mic and I go. That I sounded wah, wah. familiar.
1: Yep, that sounded very, very familiar. Yeah, let's talk. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about um, uh, this this Detroit Tigers team a little bit. Um, yeah, things let's do it. things are good. Uh, except for that, you know, obviously that weird where no one could figure out how to hit Hill. Um, yeah. who throws? The guy 12, been around the an
0: hour. Yeah, Rich Hill, uh, the guy who actually was around when the major league, uh, when the major leagues were founded, uh, actually—that's they couldn't hit him. Yeah, look, let's kind of go back. So I think the last time we did a show, um, you were at this, you were going to the St. Louis. So we're going back. We're going back a little bit, to be fair, but to just kind of recapping real quick where this team has been. Um, so they took two of three from St. Louis, coming off that Mets sweep, and they took two of three from Cleveland. They lost two of three at home to Seattle. It split the two quick two-game series against Pittsburgh, and now they begin kind of this easier stretch of games. Um, last night in particular, and I guess overall, what, I've, what I have been impressed with with the Tigers, um, you know, through these last, you know, nine to 10 games, whatever it's been, they are hitting the ball better. They really are starting to come alive as an offense. And what I'm appreciating about their offense as of late is that it does feel like a team effort. And this, honestly, in order for this team to be successful, it has to be a team effort because you can't just bank on Riley Green or Javi Baez or, you know, Zach McKinstry or Akil Badu. You have to kind of come together as that puzzle, like I always say. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Um, but let's talk about Riley Green for a second. He looks phenomenal. It is, it is so encouraging to see him finally coming into his own. Uh, He just looks locked in right now. Let me read his numbers here real quick. I just want to see here just a moment. He has, I know, an OPS right now floating around 800. He's hitting 296. And there's one thing in particular I wanted to see just a moment here. Yeah. OPS of 781, 296, four home runs, 16 RBIs, five stolen bases. And I think he's just, he's just getting started. That's yeah. I guess what I'm trying to get at. He had, a, he had a very kind of mundane start to the season, not God awful, not great. Just kind of right in the middle. Like a lot of these guys were that those first few weeks of the season. Um, but Riley Green is really starting to come into his own, which is exciting to see. Not only that, he plays such a good center field. Um I am going to call out A.J. Hinch, kind of going to the, that second game of the Pittsburgh,
1: uh, that
0: quick Pittsburgh series. Um, I understand the matchups and the analytics and Riley's a lefty and Rich Hill's a lefty. Riley Green is your hottest hitter on the team right now. Yep. He uh, had a day off on Monday, played one game Tuesday. Then you gave him a day off on Wednesday when he was going to have a day off on Thursday. That was a stupid move, A.J. You, you play your best. You play your best players. As much as you can. I get the analytics, I get the matchups, but sometimes and you got to say the opposite and go the old way.
1: I don't have him in front of me, but Riley's splits aren't that bad. Like it's not yeah. like he's hit, it's not like he's hitting 400 on righties and like one one ten against lefties.
0: Yeah, and even if he was hitting one ten against lefties, he's the hottest hitter on the team right now. It, you know, Alex, you're a gambler. You, when you're hot, you keep playing, right? right. Or do you walk away? I don't know, Maybe I'm not a gambler. Maybe that was a, that was a bad call out.
1: You play, you play the hot hand. You play the hot hand.
0: You play that hot hand. Absolutely. So that was a little bit frustrating. And then obviously the Veerling kind of drop ball in center field. That game didn't matter. I ended up getting blown out by the Pirates, which was embarrassing. But anyways, Riley Green looks so good. Let's keep it positive here. Looks so good. Had another home run last night. The nice catch to start off the game uh, in center field. Riley Green looks really good. Javier Baez continues to impress I'm telling you ever since that benching he's looked yeah. he's looked pretty solid he's looked I pretty solid that, I think I saw something like this his lowest chase rate
1: yeah he's his at bat his offense has like greatly come along and he's starting to look like the Javi Baez that we uh thought we were getting when we signed him and mm-hmm. uh there was just a very funny moment uh I think it was the final out last night where Javi threw it way wide and torque uh-huh. what a stretch to catch that ball uh-huh. and i was like ah yes javier bias um yeah where and what's even worse at least now those are those are rare occasions in the middle of good games right as opposed right. to last season where he was committing a fielding error and then sailing it way wide of first base on top right. of it or putting it right. in the dirt eight feet in front of first base and saying Making me go, can you not throw it across the infield? I can throw it across the infield.
0: Yeah, Spencer Torkelson has definitely made his money worth. Money's worth at first base, having to scoop out a lot of Javi's sometimes disgusting throws. Um, but yeah, what was interesting about that one last night was he was he was fielded more over on the second base side, so it was even shorter of a distance to throw, and yet he almost <laughs> threw it away. And I was like, Javi, you know, put him in the chest, like. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, that was those those seem like the little
1: little things that are different from this team than than last last year. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Like Javi is probably still making that throw, but torque is not yet at a point last year where he can make that play at first base.
0: No, no, because I remember last year a lot of times being like, "God, Spencer Torkelson has been huge on offense, but his defense, we were like, he's been pretty solid." Now, what's weird about Spencer Torkelson? I don't feel like he gets a lot of buzz about him. I'd have to look at like you know, yeah, the, the rankings, like where he ranks, like compared to like metrics-wise other first basemen's defense, first basemen defensively. But I feel like there's just not a lot of buzz about Torkelson because everyone thinks he's going to be this next big power hitter, which we hope he will be. But he's been a really solid first baseman. Like he's he he is a solid pair of hands to have over at first, especially when you've got a guy who's slinging it like hobby bias, where you never know where it's going to end up sometimes. So we've got that going for us in that in that capacity, which is great. Um, one person I want to talk about, I, I guess, more positive things before we kind of get to a negative thing that I want I want to discuss. Cuba uh, Badu had a great game last night. It was so nice to see mm-hmm. Badu really kind of come out. So I don't think he had hit a home run in like. With was over like 200 and some plate appearances. Like he was just really, really kind of just floating, floating by wasn't doing anything great. Wasn't doing anything terrible. Just kind of like very meh. Uh, so it was really nice to see him have a big game. Last night he had the three run Homer had a two out single that gave the Tigers an early three, nothing lead. Um, so that was good to see starting um, pitching is what I want to talk about a little bit for the Tigers. Um, if I can kind of switch it here for a second. Um, Interesting rotation right now. This rotation is very interesting because you have Eduardo Rodriguez who is pitching really well. I know he had the weird start against the Pirates on Wednesday, so we kind of let that one slide. Young
1: candidate, Eduardo. Yeah,
0: Rodriguez. he's he is he's he's definitely having a great season. I think he would. I don't think he would win, but I think his name should at least be in the conversation. There's a lot of guys who are better than him right now, but um, uh, you got Erod who's been pretty solid, minus like one or two starts. Michael Lorenzen. Who looked? Who first of all didn't even start the season with the team. He started the season on the IL. Then he had a couple of rough goes, and like his last three or four starts, he's looked really, really good. Then you got Matt Boyd, who's kind of Matt Boyd and it. Like last time, he had a five, he had a no hitter through five, and then he starts getting roughed up, and you know he kind of was the spark plug a little bit to kind of lead to the game being a little bit closer than it should have been. All of the Tigers ultimately won. And then you've got the two young guys who are just like still trying to find their own, like Joey Wentz and Alex Fiedo. So mm-hmm. it's an interesting rotation right now with like different levels of talent and different levels of kind of seasoned veteran stats. You got Boyd, you got Lorenzen, you got E Rod, who've kind of been around a little more. Then you got Wentz and Fayado who are trying to find their own. You know, they probably weren't even going to be in the starting rotation. Uh, maybe coming out of camp had, you know, especially in the case of Joey Wentz, had uh, Lorenzen not gotten injured. Spencer Turnbull. We didn't talk about because it, it was prior to our last episode. Gets de- designated down for assignment. Um, now he's on the aisle with some neck issues. Uh, positively speaking, though, it sounds like Eric Schubel has been throwing like seven bullpen sessions, something like that, or he's about to throw a seventh and maybe returning to game action, like in a rehab. Some rehabs coming up or live batting practice. Who knows, kind of thing. Um, so you got that, Matt Manning. So it just it's. I don't know how I really can describe how I feel about this rotation right now, other than just kind of like how I summarize it. just like, it feels okay. But then at times I watched and I go, Jesus, we need a lot of help. We need a ton of help still. Yeah. Um, Which is frustrating considering this whole rebuild nonsense was built around starting pitching. So uh, I feel like, If anything, we should be like, all right, at least we got some decent starters. Let's work. Let's focus more on the offense or the bullpen or whatever. And that's not the case right now. I feel like it's the starting pitching I'm kind of the most frustrated about, or I guess concerned about. Um, But then there's days, like I said, I feel okay. Um, I feel like at any point in time, when it's a guy like Matt Boyd, you can like watch him throw a no hitter through five innings, or he's going to give up eight runs going into the fourth, and you're going to be like, okay, this is frustrating. Uh, So I don't know. I guess what's your take on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, just on the the Matt Boyd, um, I was. I had dinner plans. Um, I think I think during his last his previous start, not um, I guess mm. yesterday
0: was. Uh, I think it was against Seattle. I want to say
1: yeah, and uh, yeah. right before leaving for dinner, like had the game on, and it was just a a, a classic ugly Matt Boyd first inning, uh-huh. where I went, yeah. oh, it's going to be one of these starts. Glad I'm going to mm-hmm. dinner. Um, yeah, and I I sort of have that same vibe, not not like fully with every starter, but like I'm. I'm not comfortable until we've gotten through the order one time mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, good. He he like, seems to have his stuff today. And then, um, and then we're okay. One or two runs. I'm not usually too worried about, but like mm-hmm. ugly base traffic uh, and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be a, this is going to be a tough one. We're definitely not winning games with starting pitching right
0: now. Yeah. Min- minus Erod. Yeah. E- and they re- have to honestly. I have to give credit to Lorenzen because Lorenzen looked god awful his first couple of starts. I was like, and here we go. Add him to the list of uh, one and done year Tigers pitchers: Jose Araña, Tyson Ross, Matt Moore, Michael Pineda, Ivan Nova, Michael Lorenzen. They'll have a cold beer waiting for you at the end of the season. You know yeah. so. So I guess the question,
1: the question I have for you then, Luke, like, obviously we're in a, in a much different conversation situation Mm -hmm. than I think we thought we might be in at this point in the year. Um, and, and looking, looking to the, the way too early trade deadline conversation, um, you know, in a world where the Tigers do get through this very tough month of June. Um, they, they play the twins so many times. Um, Mm -hmm. 7 times in June uh against the Twins they've got the the Rangers between the end of this month and the end of June another 7 times um in a, in a world where we arrive at the All-Star break in this same kind of position hovering around 500 uh-huh. um potentially in first place by a game or two or out of the race but or or out of first place by like 3ish games Still okay. within reach fully. Um what then do the Tigers need to do at the break? Like, is it a last year Orioles situation where it's kind of like this is fun, but like we're not gonna we're not gonna win a World Series with this roster? Like, what can we do to uh-huh. kind of leverage some of these guys to put us into that position in the future as opposed and and probably miss the playoffs this year? um versus are there are there a few spots where they could add a guy or two and potentially compete
0: yeah that's a that's a very intricate and has multiple different answers question so if let's just save in this hypothetical let's just assume Two months from now, or whatever, the Tigers are in the exact same position that they're in today. They're like that, that hovering five hundred team, like you said. I don't know what Scott Harris will want to do. Mm-hmm. I, I could see him trying to trade Erod. Um, I, I could see him holding on to him. I, for myself personally, and this might be the wrong answer, and I'm, and I'm sure you know people on Twitter would disagree. Hell, you may even disagree with me there has been so much heartbreak and pain with this team for so many years that if you're sniffing 500 and a mm-hmm. chance at a playoff spot and winning the AL Central i think you got to go for it i think you got to go for it maybe you get into the playoffs and you catch lightning in the bottle with the Philadelphia phillies last year i think everybody thought they were getting bounced the first round they went to the world series they lost but they went to the world series um you know it's just it's 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 one of those things. And if a guy like Eduardo Rodriguez is continuing to pitch well, let me offer this curveball to you, no pun intended. Rather than trying to trade him, extend him. If you really think he could be that guy moving forward, it doesn't just have to be he. I, we either suck and he gets dealt, or we kind of keep it going and we leave him for this year and see what happens come free agency. If you think that he could be a guy that could be a puzzle piece in this rotation for seasons to come, which like I said in the past, I think he can be, I still don't think he's going to be an ace or he will, should be an ace of this type rotation, but as a three or a four guy, absolutely. Absolutely. He's pitching like an ace right now. I'll give him that. I just don't think he's got that longevity. He doesn't have longevity like a Shohei Otani or a Justin Verlander or a Max Scherzer kind of that guy you can count on every five days that you know, you put him out there. You're probably winning the game if your offense backs you up. Um, He's not there yet, but you know that's interesting. Avi is interesting because this is a walk year for him. He can he can opt out as well, I believe, after this season, um, if he wanted to. So the my brain says maybe yes. You consider moving some of these guys. My heart says if you're close, man, go for it, go for yeah. it. You know, I, I mean, now what I will say this: you said do they add some pieces? There's tons of areas on this team where they could add where they could add talent. I think that would be interesting. I don't think if they're in the situation they are now, two months from now, you would see them go out and make a bunch of big blockbuster trades to upgrade at second base or third base or left field or starting pitching. You might see some kind of middle of the road things, uh, maybe some bargain deals, but I don't Find think you're going to see perhaps? a. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think you're going to see a big name starting Stronger. second baseman or. Yeah. You don't. You don't think
1: they're going to they're going to try and put something together to get Shohei. Um. No. To, to unfortunately the no. season in Detroit
0: yeah and I I don't think the asking price honestly unless you're trading Riley Green Spencer Torkelson and a bunch of other yeah. you know potentially first rounders that you just drafted and maybe a couple season guys like a an E-Rod or something you know are you gonna make that trade I I, I hate to tell you this Tigers fans we're not gonna be in the running for Shohei Otani we're just not gonna be
1: it's not going to happen. Um, not I, it, he's he wants to stay on the west coast. It's going to be interesting because I don't think there will be a, a, a deadline market for Shohei Otani. Because, every, like, why would you give up anything when you can just sign him four months later?
0: This is, this is my favorite time of year, uh, for baseball where the LA Angels, who always get off to a pretty good little start in the months of April and some of May they get off to that hot start. and like, finally, the angels figured it out. They got Trout and Shohei. They're going to finally like be competitive. And then they start to slowly do their decline because their bullpen sucks. And there's the rest of the team around Shohei and Trout are just, you know, whatever. And it's just my favorite time. I'm sure Tom souls knows this time of year quite well for the angels because they just, it's just that time of year, man, where they just start to slowly decline and uh you know, it is what it is. So it's great. But I think they're uh I think I do think angels are playing the twins right now. So I would like them to at least stay competent yes. and play well for these next we, couple of games. We'd love a couple,
1: a couple more wins from the Los Angeles yeah.
0: angels uh, in
1: their current series.
0: What do you, what do you think? Do you think like kind of throw your hypothetical back at you? Like, what do you, what do you think? I, I could see it going a lot of different ways, but I just, I don't know. How about you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think for me, what I would like to see them. Yeah, definitely. I think if you have a shot at 500 and winning the central, um if you're if you're in the realm of that competition i think even up to even like five games back at the break um like i think you have to do what you what you can to try and achieve that um if for no other reason then it also it also makes you more attractive trying to get free agents in the Mm -hmm. off season of like hey we Mm -hmm. we we lost the central by one game um like come here this and you will make this team five games better by your presence great now we're winning the al central going away mm-hmm. and uh and we're in that spot now what do i think they their priority to add should be it it probably is like a middle reliever or a a another competent starter um that Uh is like consistently competent it doesn't necessarily need to be an ace necessarily i think we get the ace in the off season um i'm not sure who that might be at this moment but i think that's what we that should be an off-season priority is to go actually get that like big big time ace um but Finding somebody that is is in that same like kind of like Erod category like can have a kind right. of really really dominant starts, um, but will will be mostly competent most of the time um, because then I think like among Manning, Scoobel, Mize, Fiedo, like all of those guys, there is a rest of a rotation um, uh-huh. that that you could see the team win a World Series with that exists. I think it's there. I don't know which two two and a half of those guys it is um yeah but they the talent is there amongst them assuming they continue the development trajectory right. that they 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 could and should be on um scoobal in particular like coming back from injury i think uh-huh. the trajectory he was on i think that we can see that develop into a really really nice nice piece of the rotation um but yeah, I mean, I think that like, yes, yeah, certainly there are there are upgrades available at mm-hmm. a lot of the position players, but like the the team has been playing good defense, uh, and most most I'm not I don't have the same complaints about the defense that I had last year, um, yeah. and and the bats seem to be working pretty well, so I think that it is a team that you can not fully ride with. I think you have to do something at the at the trade deadline. Um, to kind of upgrade a little bit in a few spots, yeah. uh, but it, and, but I think the biggest upgrades are going to come via free agency in the off season,
0: and you should you should more or less stand pat if you're Scott Harris. Yeah, you made a great point, and it's something we've talked about a lot. You know, this is kind of this season could also be looked at again as interview season for the off season. Mm-hmm. You know, you if this is the third, the second year in a row where they've had you know whatever expectations, they finished thirty under good luck trying to get talent to come to Detroit. Um, But, you know, if you're competitive for most of the season, you can then make that argument in the offseason, you know, to try to draw some more star talent and star power to Detroit. Um, One thing I will say, and you may have just kind of answered your own question there. I mean, in terms of the Tigers needing, you know, if they're in the race still or in the thick of it, like going out and getting one competent starter, all they may have to do is look internally because Scoobble it's probably, as of now, it sounds like his bullpens are going well. His rehabs are going well. Um, I assume, like I said a moment ago, he'll probably start getting a live BP and hopefully some rehab games, you know, in the not-too-distant mm-hmm. future. So you're probably looking at him coming back sometime, if everything continues as it is, late June, sometime maybe early July around the All-Star break, and that maybe a little bit after, I don't know. So that could be, a you know, a potential resource. Matt Manning you know, I know a guy broke his toe. I'm not trying to like, you know, make fun of a little, I think it was like a pinky toe, but like, I feel like he's been out for months now at this point. Like, I remember he said he didn't want to miss more than his next start. And I don't know if he's coming back even until sometime June or July at this point. So, you know, he's another least, potential guy. It'll be
1: at least June, late June. Cause he's on the sixth yeah. day. So.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that's another guy there. Um. Offensively speaking, you know, their, their upgrades would be, I think offensively is where they're going to have to try to make some upgrades during the off season. Nothing against Zach McKinstry. I think he's actually been a pleasant surprise. Uh, these first, you know, 40 some games. I just don't think longevity. He is your starting second baseman of the future. Um, Jonathan scope. I'm pretty, I'm every time we record an episode, I'm honestly surprised that Jonathan scope is still on the roster. Um, Because he just feels like he's taking up a spot. And I feel like maybe they're just giving Justin Henry Malloy a little bit more time in AAA to kind of get some reps in before they call him up and kick scope to the curb. So um, there's always that. I think the platoon with Haas and Rodgers is working quite well right now, so I'm happy with that. Uh, Dylan Dingler, though, is mashing in the minors, so I think that's something to keep an eye on and monitor. Um, and the outfield is the outfield, you know. I don't know Which about gives guys you, like gives, ton you piece, line.
1: gives you potential pieces to move, right? Like mm-hmm. you've got, you've got Rogers Haas Dingler mm-hmm. all with various levels of attractiveness to different teams, depending mm-hmm. on what they need in, in their own organizations. Um, you know, do you yeah. need, uh, do you need a guy who is, who has proven himself at the major league level? Are you looking for a high level prospect that is probably ready to, to come up? Um, mm-hmm. then we've, We've we've got your needs. Make us an offer, um, yeah, yeah. And and that's that's a great spot to be. And I definitely agree with you on scope. Um, and like se- like second base uh, in general, uh, being mm-hmm. kind of the spot where we could use an off- an uh, offensive upgrade at at second base, second and third, uh, second
0: yeah. and third. Yep. Yeah.
1: And but again, like unlike last year uh with the exception of maybe I mean, even scope is sitting above 200 right now like i mean it's not it's not quite like a dead it's not a as dead a spot in the lineup as we're as we're used to which i think is like making it a little bit harder for me to evaluate the talent because I'm instead of like being like well this guy is absolutely useless when he comes up to the plate yeah. nobody nobody yeah. feels that way except maybe uh miguel cabrera right now uh which is Yeah, that,
0: let's talk about Miggy for a second. It's really it's tough. It's tough right now watching him. You know, and I've seen a couple people be like, "Is he, first of all, he's not gonna." I'd be stunned if he just retired mid season. I, I don't see that happening at all. I, but that's been like speculated by some people that he might. Because just also, hang it I, up, because like, also, I June. think that like
1: Miggy, he's having fun. It looks
0: like he's having fun.
1: Yeah, he's having a good time with the team, and Miggy understands that everyone in baseball would like to say goodbye to him, and mm-hmm. we, every everybody has made their plans to say goodbye to Maggie. Yeah. (laughs) Like, so I think that like, I think he understands the the responsibility of that uh, to, Mm -hmm. to see it through that. um, I
0: do. I do wonder, sorry. I do wonder if, yeah. 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 I do wonder if AJ considers starting him more consistently, maybe just, I mean, I, in his defense, it's probably the first time in his career. This is the least amount of time he's ever played. And it makes sense. It's his last year, you know, in the majors before he retires, but I wonder if maybe AJ doesn't consider at some point, if he continues to struggle like he has been, trying to get him more reps consistently. Mm-hmm. you got to keep in mind, and I'm not trying to make excuses for Miggy, but last season, the first half, he he had a pretty good start. I believe he was hitting 300 or mm-hmm. around 300 going into the All-Star break. And then in the second half of the season, his knee just completely gave out on him. I will say this about Miguel Cabrera, and I'm not going to harp too much on him because he's Miguel Cabrera. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer my favorite player probably of all time next to Pudge Rodriguez. We didn't really hear much of the Miggy's in the best shape of his life going into spring training (laughs) because I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know if Miggy was hitting the elliptical too much during the off season. He, he looked like the, the fifth year senior. Who's like, this is it for me. I'm going out with, I'm going out with a bang kind of thing. Um, So, you know, just, there may be something that too, you know, but I, from all, All accounts are here. He still puts in the work, you know, pregame with, you know, taking his his BP and everything like that. And, you know, I don't know, maybe just something for AJ to consider. And other people have said that too, just like more consistent at bats.
1: And I think that that's an interesting um, potential solution, like heading, heading post all-star break as well. Like if you're in contention, like when do you actually want Miguel Cabrera to get hot Mm -hmm. towards probably towards a a potential playoff run as opposed Mm to April? Yeah. I don't I don't care if Miguel Cabrera is hot in April. Um I would like Miguel Cabrera to be hot in September October. That would be yeah. that would be a beautiful time for Miguel Cabrera. Like at this point he's appeared in 22 games and only has 77 at bats this season um compared to Riley Green who has appeared in 41 and has 162 at bats. So yeah.
0: it just tells you the difference like, in age and passing of the torch.
1: So and maybe that's maybe that's part of the plan here with Miguel Cabrera is that you know, we're going to, we're going to really take our time at the beginning of the year. We're going to give some of these other guys the chance to develop into, into being our day-to-day players like Riley Green. We're going to give him the advance. We're going to give Spencer the at-bats. We're going to give, um, even Javi the at-bats, uh, to kind of like figure it out and be those, those consistent hitters that we need to know. And then now we can, now that we have eight seven eight guys like really consistently hitting and now we can now we can take the time to give miggy the at-bats to to get his bat going and then suddenly you know you get get miguel cabrera single double machine back going into a lineup with with guys hitting like green torkelson Baez. um now now you really actually have a pretty pretty high-powered offense available to you
0: yeah and i I, I hope just for Miggy's sake, um, you know, it looks like he's having fun, right? So I don't know I I just worry about, you know, him being being like, ah, everyone else is contributing around me. I'm not contributing. But he's such a big presence on that in that clubhouse, you know, I, I doubt he thinks that. But and his count, you know, and and his, just for and his, his body too. To I'm worried about his go, body. He he's wants 40, to go dude. into
1: coaching. Um, you know, I I think Miguel Cabrera's uh days are going to too long continue with the Detroit Tigers organization i think that he uh-huh. will he will have a job with the organization probably as early as next season in some uh-huh. capacity um and and so i think that he's he's also probably looking at the se- at this season in that capacity as well like how can i be yeah. that veteran leader in the clubhouse how can i coach these these younger guys uh-huh. um into into doing those things and then unlike the, the, the other guys, the other coaches in uniform, he does occasionally have to go up to the plate and take a swing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think, um, I just, I just want to see him. What I what I really, my real one hole open goal for Miggy this season, I got to see him hit another home run. I mean, and he will, it'll happen. He, eventually it's going to happen. It might be the only one. So enjoy it if, if, and when it happens, but, um, you know, it's just, it's, I, I just want to see him go out on top. I don't want it to be one of those things where you're kinda of like, oh, this is brutal to watch. The guy had such a great career and like he's really, really just yeah, not good this last season. So I, I hope you're right. I hope he, he heats up and maybe if he starts getting more at bats or whatever, um, they'll they'll let him do that. But you know, it's it's time we, we've said that and um it's been a hell of a ride and can't wait to see how these last few months unfold for him. But in the interim right now, it's just a little bit a little bit tough to watch, but hopefully it'll turn itself around soon enough.
1: Any other thoughts before I go to my number quiz?
0: No, go ahead. Give me some numbers.
1: Okay, Luke, excluding the, the first couple weeks of the season, um, in yeah. in any given season for this, uh, so you know, when was the last time the Detroit Tigers were above five hundred?
0: And we're excluding the first two weeks of the season.
1: Yeah, so so like you know, obviously when you when you win the first game, you're
0: technically yeah.
1: five hundred. Yeah. Uh, th- that kind of stuff doesn't count.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, they weren't last season they weren't above 500 at all i think other than like the first week so that that doesn't count 2020 we're not really i can't count 2020 was such a shortened season right i i assume or is that on the table is 2020 on the table 2020
1: um is is on the season is on the table
0: i'm gonna i'm not gonna say 2020 you know i guess it depends on first 14 I guess, I guess we'll, I'm we'll, going to say, we'll, say this.
1: We will take 2020 off the table just because it was the weird the weird season because it, it
0: I'm going I'm going to say this. Was it in the it, it's, it'll be just right over the two week mark kind of thing. Was it 2019? They were twelve, and they were like right around five hundred. I remember, like the third week of April, like twelve and twelve. after they took a doubleheader from the Red Sox, I remember I felt very good about myself. And I went to a bar in Chicago with Sean Young, and I celebrated because like maybe this is the year for the Tigers. And then the twenty nineteen. So that's gonna be my answer, twenty nineteen.
1: You got to go two years earlier than that. Twenty seventeen. Wow. June seventh, two thousand seventeen. Last time. They were above 500 outside of the the COVID year when they did start 1733, yeah. um, and
0: uh, yeah, the first couple of weeks of the season, sort of thing. Yeah, and I think I remember if I don't if I remember correctly in 2018, which is why I'm a little bit kind of also tempering expectations right now, although they're playing better in 2018, Barty's first year, they kind of had a similar start that they had this season that season and if i remember correctly in may they were floating right around 500 just like the tigers currently are now and then june came around and then the wheels completely fell off the bus and that was that um so yeah yeah they uh 2017 holy mm-hmm. cow Holy, uh, yeah that's
1: in, again that's kind in, of that goes in, back in june 2018 they were 36 and 37 Going into yeah, a, so had a June nineteenth yep. game at Cincinnati, but then dropped their next eleven straight.
0: Yep, yep. So kind of kind of like what I said there. You know, that was that that was pretty close. Um, Nineteen
1: was an eight and four start. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know finished forty-seven and one hundred fourteen. So ooh.
0: <laughs> ooh, not great, not great stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, like I said, kind of going back to your hypothetically you posed a little earlier, you know, 2017 was the last time they were above 500, you know, in a reasonable amount of time into the season. And you can sniff a playoff spot in July. You know, that's why with the team, I know we're excited about, you got to try to take it day by day or series by series, so to speak. I don't want to do the whole AJ Hinch thing. We just got to win tomorrow's game. Um, Cause that sometimes to me is a little bit of a cop-out, but um yeah. I also, I was happy to see AJ, um, get rung up and tossed in the in the Pittsburgh game game too I know I've been pretty critical of him this year because I I do feel like sometimes I do worry a little bit times AJ has that kind of Joe Madden thing where he thinks he's the smartest guy in the stadium um which it's good to be confident just don't become overconfident with that and start trusting the analytics and the metrics too too much um I think it's obviously a part of the game I'm not trying to be some old school baseball puritan is like you know we never used to have those kind of Mm -hmm. things uh, trust them they're a part of the game trust them just don't let it be the only thing that's making your decision and basing your decisions so i was happy to see aj show a little fire and get tossed in that second game of the pittsburgh uh, matchup that was that was nice to see um so yeah they're, they're, they're playing well right now but just again gotta you gotta take advantage of may may right now it's set yeah. set up for you on the table to end the month above 500 with a winning record going into June, where you're going to then play some tougher teams. So take advantage of the maps, matchups that you have in front of you and win your games and all will be well. Yeah,
1: because I mean, so they're, they're sitting in second place as we record this, this podcast, um, obviously in a battle for second place with the, with the guardians at the moment within earshot of, of the twins, great potential to catch the twins before they face the twins. Um, but not to, not to be missed as much as, um, We we have made fun of the White Sox and have made like the the White Sox aren't that far behind either. So like there is there is a world where if you go on a little a little bit of a skid, um, you suddenly find yourself in fourth place.
0: Yeah, the White Sox in the last ten games are five and five, uh, and they're seven and a half out right now of the division. So a lot of baseball left to be played, and the White Sox, I think on paper have a very talented team. They just have not been able to click for whatever reason. Um, So I'm definitely not saying like they're dead in the water and done right now. They're not a great baseball team. So take advantage of that as opposed to where you may see them in July, August or September, and they figured things out. So just take what you got right now and and do your best, Um, you know, and just be very thankful that uh, you're not in the AL East because the 33 and 13 Tampa Bay Rays would have no sympathy for the 20 and 2022 uh, Detroit Tigers, no. twenty and twenty-two, um, <laughs> yeah. and and
1: we just really need the East to really start playing each other so that some of those teams can, yeah, get yeah. losing records because I I at least four of the five teams are above five hundred, if not all five. All
0: five teams, all five teams, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so all five cur- teams.
1: Currently, the
0: the playoffs are essentially
1: the the AL East, and yeah. And the Baltimore. other two division winners.
0: Baltimore is such a fun team to watch. Tampa is a fun team to watch. You always know that the Yankees and the Red Sox are going to be good. Same with Toronto; they're a fun team to watch. Here's here's what's hilarious: the Toronto Blue Jays and the Boston Red Sox are tied for last place in the AL East at a record of twenty-five and twenty. They are in last place in the AL East. If they played in the American League Central, they would be in first place by by a nice little margin. Yeah, four, by, uh, by, yeah by, by, gamers, by a game or two. Yeah, over the 24 and 21 wins. So, yeah. sucks. A lot of baseball That That's the
1: ropes, though. Love to see that the Tigers are, are fighting for 500. Hopefully, and we said this last episode, hopefully when we record the next episode, they're above 500.
0: That'd be great. And uh, as always, condolences to the Oakland A's. 10 and 36.